and welcome back to Daughter Prospects Radio, everyone. This is episode 66, The Mary Lemieux Show. I'm your host, Peter Harling. Follow me on Twitter at Farling, or follow the podcast on Twitter at DPR underscore show. So coming up on today's episode, I'll be joined by my guest, uh, Chris Wassel. He's a uh, fantasy hockey writer. He writes for Dauber Prospects, among a number of many other places. He's going to chime in on some players to watch this season coming up in the USHL. It's a league that I don't get a lot of exposure to, so I'm really grateful for his expertise on that particular subject. We'll wrap the show up with a mailbag segment, so answering some of your questions. So Chris and I will both answer a couple of questions sent in by our listeners. And I'm going to start off with uh, taking a look at some more prospects for fantasy hockey waiver wire ads. Uh, again, really, really deep, deep league prospects here. These are uh, fan tracks players who have about 6% or less ownership. So some long-term prospects here, some guys who might be under the radar or maybe a reclamation project. So let's tuck right into that. Starting the list off, I'm looking at New Jersey Devils prospect Arnie Talviti. So Talviti became a prospect of interest for me during last year's World Juniors, where he was the captain of the Finnish World Junior team, posting seven points in seven games, and was a real standout player in that tournament, I found. Uh, Pretty dominant. Last year was also his freshman season in the NCAA. Uh, He moved over to North America, played for Penn State, And uh, he had 16 points in 17 games, and his season was cut short due to an unfortunate knee injury, uh, which may have been sustained at the World Juniors. It's right around that time. Um, So his anyway, his Fantrax ownership is only 1%. So uh, I know that it was higher uh, last season, especially during the World Juniors, but it looks like uh, people have kind of forgotten about him. So he should be available in your league. He's a 20-year-old, 5'11", 201. And like I said, this will be his now second season in the NCAA, so he might not be too long for turning pro. Um, This season so far, he's played four games for Penn State with two goals and two assists, so he's a -a point-a-game player at the NCAA level. That's not too bad. Projecting him to the NHL, He's at least another season away, I would say. Uh, He'd either play in the NCAA again next year and then could turn pro or might play in the AHL next season. That might be the fastest route for him to make it to the NHL uh, if he's interested in signing a contract sooner than later. Uh, And then I look at him at being like a bottom six kind of center winger. He's a center right now, but he, he might transition to the left wing when he makes it to the NHL. Uh, And he can play in kind of all situations, um, offenses and defensive zone starts, uh, not a defensive liability. He's got good leadership um, and he can provide you with some some stats across a a wide variety of categories as well. Uh, So that's a player I think that is very interesting. Uh, So moving on to the next guy on my list, he's 6% Fantrax owned. That would be Vancouver Canucks prospect Nikolai Goldobin. So the Canucks have a lot of interesting uh, prospects and options and possibilities in their system. Utica has been lights out good this season. They're kind of dominating in the AHL. Uh, so the Canucks got uh, a lot of troops on the way. And Goldolbin is a 24-year-old, so he's a little bit old to be calling a prospect. Plus, he's also played 124 career NHL games. So kind of doesn't meet the prospect criteria in a lot of consideration. Uh, he was originally drafted 
way back in 2014 by San Jose Sharks. He was a first-round pick, 27th overall, and he was acquired by Vancouver in the Yannick Hansen trade, uh, and he came along with a fourth-round pick. So I felt like that was a pretty good trade for Vancouver. Where is Yannick Hansen now, I wonder? Uh, anyhow, back to Goldobin. In his career, he's got 124 NHL games, as I mentioned, 46 points. So that's a pretty low 0.37 point-per-game total. But his AHL career stats are 152 games and 134 points. So that's 0.88, almost uh, pretty close to the point-per-game pace at the AHL. Uh, Last year, he played the entire season in the NHL, posting 27 points in 63 games. Meh. This year, he started the season off assigned in the AHL. Um, So he has four games played, and he's got nine points. He was named the AHL Player of the Week last week uh, with uh, eight points in three games. Uh, Last I checked, that was pretty good. Uh, So... His fan tracks ownership is only 6%, so there's a pretty good possibility that he makes his he plays his way back up into the NHL. So he's a player you can maybe put on your watch list. Um, maybe he gets another opportunity to play with the Canucks. They should be looking at um, rotating a bunch of players in and out. I don't feel like this is going to be a contending year for the Canucks. They'll want to be competitive, and I think Goldobin is is an asset that they have that they really need to be coming around on a decision to, what do we what do we have with this player? Is he an NHL player or is he an AHL player? So look for him to get some more games in the NHL this year. Put him on your watch list or stash him on your, your, your prospect bench. All right, so the next up is another interesting prospect, Vegas Golden Knights winger Lucas Elvinez. The 20-year-old is 6'1", 172, and 4% fan tracks owned. He was drafted by the Knights in the 17 draft in the fifth round, uh, 127th overall. And so it looks like the, the Knights scouting staff did a really great job uh, identifying a player with talent. He's a uh, plus-plus skater. He's very elusive, very quick, uh, and he's very creative offensively with a puck. Um, which all translates really well to fantasy hockey. Right now, he's playing in the AHL. This would be his first season in North America. So 20-year-old rookie in the AHL is tied for second overall in the league. After six games played, he's got three goals, six assists for nine points. That's very good. Um, Last year, he played in Sweden in the SHL. He had 20 points in 42 games playing in a pro league there. And and he also represented Sweden at the World Juniors, where he had four points in five games. Uh, So his immediate impact in the AHL has been very promising. This is a player that's trending up in the right direction, played pro last year, is adjusting to the North American size rank culture and uh, and game uh, very, very well. Uh, I'm not sure if he's, at 20 years old, going to get a look at the NHL, but uh, if this point-per-game pace is sustainable, then I think he's going to force his way onto the Knights roster at some point this season. Wouldn't hurt them to give him a look at the NHL level and and see how he can carry himself up there. So again, 4% uh, fan tracks owned. This is a player who I think has potential top six upside uh, in the NHL at some point in his career and uh, is a fantasy-relevant prospect to add for sure. All right, so the fourth and final player on my waiver wire prospect watch list. I have to come up with a name for this segment. I think I seem to do it every episode. 
player I've talked about before on this show. Um, so I've given you the heads up on him before. This might be your last chance to get him. Really cheap. He's only 3% fan tracks owned. So the Carolina Hurricanes defensive prospect Chase Prisky. He's a right shot D. 23 years old, six foot 192. So Prisky comes out of uh, the NCAA. He was originally drafted by Washington Capitals back in 16, a six-round pick, played out his four years of college eligibility at Quinnipiac. The last two seasons, he was their captain. In his senior year, uh, last season, he was a Hobie Baker finalist and played 36 games, had 39 points, 17 goals uh, during the season. So keep in mind, this is a defenseman who scored over a point per game. This is his first year playing pro. Uh, He signed with Carolina in the offseason in August after deciding not to sign with Washington, exercising his option to become a free agent. And I read an article that was kind of interesting. He decided that Washington wasn't the best fit for him, uh, despite the fact that they have a thinner prospect line and, and roster on defense, and they really could have used Prisky, and he could have made it to the NHL a lot faster. But he chose to play in Carolina because he felt that they develop better uh, and that that was a better fit for him, despite the fact that they have more defensemen and prospects who are highly rated than than Washington can boast. So that's very interesting to me. It, it shows me that he's got the confidence in his ability, uh, and yet at the same time, he understands that he's got some opportunities that he needs to work out and that the coaching and the development in Carolina and the competition perhaps in Carolina will help push him to become the best he can be. Um, That's really interesting. So far this season, he's got six games played and he's got a goal and six assists for seven points. That is very good. Uh, Keep in mind, he's a little bit older. He's 23 years old, so it's not like he's coming out of you know, junior hockey at 20, he's 23, uh, but he had a four-point game versus Syracuse, that helped pad his stats a little bit, so it's a small sample size, six games in, of course, we'll see how uh, he's able to sustain or improve uh, his point production at the AHL level, and then um, how he's able to work his way into an NHL roster, possibly at some point for a, a preview this season, or maybe challenge for a full-time regular spot next year. Uh, so there you go, four uh, fantasy hockey prospect players to look at. Arnie Talviti from New Jersey, Nikolai Goldolbin from Vancouver, Lucas Alvinez, Vegas, and the last one was Chase Prisky. Uh, so right now I'm going to take a quick little early break, and when I come back, I'll be joined by my guest Chris Wassel. He and I will take a look at the USHL and answer some of your fantasy hockey prospect questions. So hang tight for that. Back on the show, and I'm pleased to be joined for this segment with uh, Chris Wassel, fantasy hockey expert extraordinaire, writer for Dauber Hockey, Dauber Prospects, USA Today, NHL Trade Rumors, and the list goes on and on. Um, follow him on Twitter at Chris Wassel DFS, and welcome to the podcast, Chris. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, I, I promise your 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 fantasy player will not get injured this evening. Uh, yeah, also also very famous for the injury ninja. I forgot to mention that little that chestnut. Poor, that, that poor little schmuck uh, gets in so much trouble. 
Yes, injuries in fantasy hockey can be devastating, especially if they come at the most inopportune time. Uh, But if you do have some injuries on your fantasy roster, be sure to give Chris a follow. Uh, He's got all kinds of great fantasy advice and takes on his Twitter account. He's got a pretty significant number of followers, so if he doesn't respond to you right away, please understand. And then, of course, listen to this podcast and find out what prospects you can replace that guy with. Um, So for Dauber Prospects, Chris uh, covers two things for us. He does the USHL column every month and he does the mailbag. Um, so while he's on the podcast, we're going to we're going to get to a couple of uh, listener questions. But let's start with the USHL. Chris, how's that sound? That sounds very good. All right. So I, we and I were chatting uh, before we got on the show and you had a couple of players that you said would be uh interesting to bring up and to be totally honest with you living way up here in Canada I don't get the opportunity to watch a lot of USHL games I don't subscribe to the network that broadcasts them and it's just too far of a commute so I basically don't get to see it which is a shame but you've told me about uh Oliver McDonald who plays for the Muskegon Lumberjacks uh what is it about this player that you wanted to talk about okay now repeat for people that don't often you know watch and, and such and or don't have the fortunate uh, access like like we do in the states sometimes there are certain players that always go i don't explain it not necessarily under the radar but often you may not catch uh, you know what a prospect is doing from 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 week to week but there is ridiculous and then there's what mcdonald pulled off off last weekend um I, I still can't believe this. It's not. It's not the fact that he, he he had seven points in two games because that happens often in leagues leagues like the USHL. It's not. It's not uncommon. Um, but five go, five goals, and oh, oh by by the way, yes, one pants trick because that seemed to be a theme over the past couple of weeks in the NHL even. Um, but the cool thing is, a couple power play goals shorthanded goal, even strength goal, one almost between his legs. Okay, maybe that's not, you know, as impressive as it used to be. Uh, but it, but it's more or less his presence uh, on the ice that has improved so much over, over the past season in particular. And, you know, he was, he was with the development program for a bit. I, he's still young. I mean, I, I would be jealous. He's not even 19 yet. He's a, actually a couple weeks from his 19th birthday. Um here, here's the here's the thing. Now, first first year in the USHL, oh, you know, he, he got you could see he was a goal scorer, Peter, just by like his first little cup of coffee, and it was like, oh, this is you know, this is a nice gonna be a nice prospect to follow along the way. Then he got hurt for some reason. He played through it, which no one quite understands why, and and somehow managed to rack up quite a few penalty minutes along the way too. Um, but you could tell something wasn't the same, uh, when, when a guy in in a league like this goes from three and a half shots a game to say about 1.6, that's not a good sign usually. And then obviously this year, boom, he's healthy. Oh, holy crap. Well, you know, there, there it goes again. There's the breakout and he has eight goals in eight games already. I mean, this is. This is this is one guy that you you definitely will have will have to follow through throughout the year. Um, ha, you know, has the whole package, has a good wrist shot, decent slap shot, 
reasonable two-way presence. Um, he gets knocked for his size a little bit. He's not five foot nine, Peter. Don't don't even don't, you you look up elite prospects. No, no, he's not five nine. He's shorter than I am. So I know he's not five foot nine. <laughs> it says he's five ten, one fifty four. Yeah, he no 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 no. He's not even that. Okay, um, he's probably like about five eight or so, give or take, or, yeah. or the old classic five ten on skates. Um, and the weight the weight is pretty accurate. He's about one sixty one sixty five in that range. So I, I never I never worried about that because I mean I play now and look I'm a hundred and thirty something pounds. Now, and nah, I, I, I check guys that are 200 pounds and nothing breaks. So I, I, w- I wouldn't worry about, about the size issue so much. Um, right. So he's 18 years old and he's a November birth date. So birthday. yeah, so that makes him a, a late uh, born. So at 18 mm-hmm. years old right now, he would be draft eligible. Yeah. Yes, he would. Uh, this what... is his second season in the USHL. He had yeah. about a half a point a game last season he's got a mm-hmm. goal a game point pace this season yep. and he's committed to go play uh in the university of nebraska so he's an ncaa bound player Empire. uh where do you project him being picked in the upcoming draft then that's kind of interesting yeah it's a tough it's a tough call with him because there's this year you know th- this is supposedly the draft so um if, if you if you believe that fully man you know I, I keep going back and forth with him because I think he could go, he could go really high, but there's a part of me that thinks he could fall back too. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like some of the players that the devils wound up picking in the draft this year that you went, he went, how late? You got a steal in the seventh round, but you picked really crappy in the first hundred. He's that, he's that kind of player where it's like, he could go, he could go anywhere from the third round on down. Um, I, I'd love to say higher, but, there it's a little early in the season still, too, right? We're only eight games in, so, you know, come 25 games, he could have 12 goals. Who knows, right? That's, uh, that's the thing. You know, he could drop. I mean, but right now, his 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 preliminary rankings, according to some guys that have not put out their official rankings yet, and that's always what we have to say here, is probably around a third-round projection. All right. All right. And then he's going to uh, NCAA, like I just said. And as you mentioned, he's a he's on the undersized side. So being in college for a season or two would uh, probably behoove him where he's able to, you know, get some games in on the weekends and then just pump iron in the gym for the rest of the week uh, and build up that core strength that he's going to need to play at the pro level. Uh, So that's an interesting player, certainly one to uh, put on your draft watch list. Uh, so another player that's in the USHL you want to talk about is Logan Stein, uh, Waterbury uh, yes. Blackhawks. Uh, so he's 18 years old as well. He's 6'2", 195, and he's a tender. So what is it you like about Stein? Uh, I have a soft spot for goaltenders, for better or for worse, in, in this world. And for for one, look, people will say this, and they're like, oh, Chris, you know, Chris, you follow an awful lot of freaking hockey. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And part of the, you know, Peter and I touched on this earlier. My soft spot started actually with John Carlson, which, you know, it's, uh, this was a kid that I used to skate circles around when, when I was playing. And then one day he kind of whizzed by me and I was embarrassed and, you know, bad things happened. And, um, I might've checked him into a pylon. Um, but that's besides the point. 
the, the thing is you get into kind of something that you did not expect to or, or out of your comfort zone. Because I used to just cover fantasy hockey and some hockey, the devil's hockey, and that was it. And it's like, oh, there's all these prospect leagues. And sure enough, um, look, the, the cool thing about Logan is, and it's not just the southern accent. Because he, he's from way on down south in Georgia. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you, you tell that right away. It's like the first thing, you know, um, you, you, you look at you look at him, he starts talking to the press, and it's like, a little different, okay. Um, you know, big, big, di- big difference from last year. Um, got, a, got a little bigger in the offseason. Here's the funny thing, and I, and I love the argument with the weight. Because the weights are all over the place with these sites. It's one thing I would love for them to get somewhat closer. I mean, he's got to be, I would say, 10 to 15 pounds off from some profiles. Because I talk to people. He's basically around 205 to 210. And most people, some say 190, some say 210, some have said 215 even. Um, but his current playing weight is probably about 205 right now. Um uh, I'll have to check with the Waterloo PR guy for sure, but um, you know, it ten, tends to tends to be pretty accurate. Now, the thing last year, and I tend not to put much stock in what the save percentage of a guy is, especially in the USHL, because you see some wide open chances that you're just not going to see anywhere else. You just do. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, high, a high danger chance in the USHL is, you know a ultra high danger chance. So if you look and you see a guy with like around a 900 save percentage, you go, okay, but does he win? Okay. You know, for example, the 27 games played last year at 16 wins and he's only gotten better this year because the defense in front of him is to be honest, better. There's a couple, there's a couple almost NHL quality prospects in front of him, which is kind of nice. Didn't have that last year. Um, Kind of, kind of reminds me of a couple one one Devils goalie prospect in particular that had absolutely zero in front of him, and you you could tell the difference late in the season when he did how much his numbers jumped up. Same principle. So yeah, Stein's numbers this season after three games are are pretty lights out. Zero point seven two goals against right. average and a nine seventy three yeah. save percentage. Like that's better than Carter Hartgood. Yeah, what Waterloo right now basically, right now if you look at the USHL and it's early. But Waterloo and Dubuque are the absolute class of the league right now, um, and they're de- and it's defensively the class of the league. It's not just, I mean, look, Waterloo has given up eight goals in six games. That's it. That's it. I mean, and Dubuque has given up eleven. Everybody else after other than Fargo is Fargo and maybe Sioux City. Sioux City can't score for anything at, at times, and then at times they pop in like a seven spot. So. Um, but if you look at Waterloo, they're the, like the one team that plays a lot of three and four, one type of games. They're, they're the one team in this league that, um, is also a little bit more disciplined than most of the others. Um, and that goes, that play, look, that plays in the Stein's hands. It definitely helps. There's no question. And he does not start a majority of the games. He starts about, he's going to probably start about maybe half, maybe a hair more than half this year when all is said and done. So that that's, that's another aid too, to his development. He can, you know, he can sit back and watch every so often. So, um, you know, you say maybe at the, you know, two month mark, if he starts say 10 of 15 games or so, that would be generous. 
So probably like nine of the first 15. And it'll, it'll, it no doubt will help his development in the long run. All right. That's interesting. Uh, Sometimes you got to sit a little bit longer on a goalie on your fantasy roster just before they're ready to be in the NHL. So he's a guy that will be heading to um, to NCAA as well. Uh, so count on him to play a couple seasons there and then probably a couple seasons in pro in the AHL developing as well before he's before he's NHL ready. Um, so just taking a look at the overall scoring leaders for the USHL. Uh, not too many of these players are really familiar to me. But let's start at the top. Alex Laferriere, uh, 15 points in eight games. Last time I looked, that was pretty good. Um, he is a 17-year-old, mm-hmm. and he is headed to Harvard University next season. Uh, what do you like about him? What's his fantasy upside? Uh, so, of course, naturally, I would have a personal connection to him just because he's from New Jersey. Um he actually start. He actually started his his younger hockey career with the North Jersey Avalanche. Yeah, I know. The, you, you get some. You get some weird names when when you. You, you get a you lot go, of avalanches you, in New Jersey, do you? Quite apparently, and yet there's no mountains in New Jersey. <laughs> I, I know. I, I know people say there's a few mountains. I, I look. There's the Watch on Mountains. That's like a thousand feet up. That's cute. That's a little hill. Um, but here's how. Here's how I look at it. Now, obviously, plays for the Des Moines Buc- Buccaneers, um, and again, here, here, here's the fun weight thing. Now, now this at least at least his weight was recently verified in September, so that that's that's a good sign, right right there. Um, here here's the one concern about him, at least early. Now, this, this doesn't mean jump off cliff and you know get too panicked. Obviously, you know he didn't. I, I keep forgetting he hasn't even turned 18 yet. Man, he's so young. It's not fair. But one committed to Harvard. Two, he's a C-rated skater right now. Do not mm. read into that too much. People get like, oh, that means he's a bad skater. No, 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 not yet. If you're 25 and you're still a C-rated skater, okay, you're a bad skater. He's not even 18 yet. So that, that, that's, that's one thing. Um, right. Is he a bad skater? Yeah. Okay. Is he, is he willing to learn? Is he willing yes. to do the work and figure it out? That's what really matters in that equation. A- absolutely. And, and by all means and indications, he, he, he has been, it's something that he worked on in the off season as well. Um, that was even an issue when he was in, in New Jersey. So it, it's not like it's something that he doesn't understand. It's, it's, it is a thing that will take some time. And he is working on it. So people need not threat. I mean, look, his 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 shot and his ability to get into open spaces is off the charts excellent. Um, honestly, probably a caliber of a first or second round player going in next year's draft. That that's the that's the kind of talent he has in that one aspect. Now, some of the other things, defensive awareness, yeah, not. Not where you would want it to be for a a t- say a top thirty or forty pick in, in in the draft. So that those are things that he's working on that will that will take more time. Um, it's easier one, to learn the defensive side of the game than the offensive side. Way easier. And look, you look at a guy like Cole Caulfield. You think he really learned learned defense all that early? No, no, he didn't. He 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 really didn't. 
So, um, and that's how, that's how you have to look at it with, with a lot of the prospects. I mean, look, his shots are way up. His scoring chances are up. Now, now here's the thing. People ask, well, where do you get scoring chance information from? Unfortunately, the PR people. Uh, USHL doesn't really provide a, an accurate um, way of gauging scoring chances and whether they're high danger and such or not. Uh, but I do know it's being worked on at least. So there, there is that comfort. Uh, right. And so the USHL is also uh, a feeder league to the NCAA. Is it safe to say yes. that players basically play about two years in the USHL and then they, they age out and they off, off to, uh, off to college. So pretty, the- pretty much your, your, your max is about three, sometimes four with, with some kids, especially if they come in a little younger. Um, but the, the average is two, um, you know, and LaFerriere is an obviously, a t- is, is obviously a, a two year player. He will, he will, he will go off, um, <clears throat> next year to Harvard. Yeah. And, probably just tear everything up there just because of, of, the, of the skill uh, that that he does have and and it look it it doesn't hurt he has he has a relatively late birthday uh, again so that that that's a plus for him as well and people have to understand that too again he's not even 18 yet so right you know when you the only the only concern i would have for him as he goes say to harvard is he Five on five, he's excellent. He he's going to need more time on the power play. There is no doubt he's going to need more time and more um I would call it instructional tutelage on the man advantage. Because hmm. there there there's been a few times where they've tried to employ him this year and he doesn't quite know where to be on the ice, and you can tell a little bit. And that comes with just playing more on on the power play. He really really did not do that all that much. Uh, even when playing uh, with the with the North Jersey Avalanche, it was only every so often that he was pressed into uh, power play duty. All right, one more player to talk about real quick, and then we'll move on from the USHL. And that's uh, that's a name that's familiar to me, and should be pretty familiar to most of the listeners. And that's uh, Tuck Luke Tuck, younger brother of Alex, Alex Tuck. Tuck. Yeah, like his big brother, he's got pretty good size. EP has him listed at 62203. He's a winger. Uh this will be his um second season in the USHL. Mm-hmm. Uh he's playing on the uh US national team. He's a point a game player uh there so far and in four games in the USHL he's got three goals and three assists for six points in three games and he's committed next season to Boston University. So the future Terrier is draft eligible. Um, have you had a chance to see a couple of live games of him? He's uh, he's a New York native too. Yes, he is. Um, big, big dude. I mean, it's just, you just look at him. It's just like, and the scary, scary part for people that are, they're going to look, they're going to listen to this and go, what do you mean he could get bigger? And I'm like, he actually could. That's, that's, kind of the weird part when you look at his frame you go my god he could be 220 without a problem and still have the same speed and power in 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 his in his skating technique um it it's part of the reason why he is a top right on the cusp of top 40 in, in most rankings i've seen higher um 
I know I know future considerations because I know a lot of the people there put theirs out a little early, and he's right at the cusp. Um, and I know a few other places are like, well, we're leaning, we're leaning thirties, maybe even late first round. Um, there is no doubt in his ability. It's just he's that young, Peter. I mean, look, you know, he just, he just, you know, he's just barely. It's not fair. He's seventeen and a half, <laughs> and he already has the skills of probably a nineteen or twenty-year-old player already. I mean, it doesn't hurt having Alex Tuck as your brother. I mean, to be fair, and you know, he's been able, and he he said it already. Uh, Alex Alex was an extremely good teacher and an influence on him. Um, you know, throughout, especially his he said his midget years. He said midget years it was very important um, for for development. And it's funny because you look at uh, at his one midget season, it's like, well. You know these kind of go stick out a little bit from from the other, uh, and yeah, then point again, yeah, point again. But it, like like he even said, he's like, he's like, look, I probably could have done more. He's like, but the coaches wanted me to play a little more physical and do this and that, and, and it's like, hmm, okay, you know, he's like, he's being honest about it. It's like, so like you probably left something in the tank, and and then you look this year and you go, okay, you know, point again guy again, um, but it's it's more than that. You're noticing things. You're noticing the wrist shot. You're noticing the the physical play is more di- more measured than say even la- last year when when he was playing for um, the U.S. national seven seventeens. You saw a little bit of the skill, but he, he also had eighty three penalty minutes in forty eight games. He also had a game where he checked the guy upside the head. I mean, you know, things that. Get weeded out. Yeah, little, little, I'm noticing that he doesn't. He doesn't have a like. That's one big penalty minute season, and after that, he's about a you know a minute a game kind of player. So right, while and, he might use his size to his advantage to protect the puck and get it back, it doesn't look like he's he's a uh, he's going out there and and crushing the other guys. And no, no, I mean he more can, of a finesse player. He's a, and even then, I would be a little bit. Uh, stretch to say completely finesse because he can't look he can knock a guy off the puck he can knock a guy off the puck that's bigger than him it's just that he doesn't go overboard and take himself out of the play like he used to um last year or two you know year or two ago he would do that a little bit more and now he doesn't take himself out of the play he's a little more cognizant of what is going on around him on the ice so he has what the buzzwords hockey awareness or hockey IQ um, has has increased, but he sees what's going on around him on the ice much better than he did, say, at age fifteen or sixteen. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing him represent USA internationally. Hopefully, he'll be on the uh, the World Junior Team in a year or two. Um, I guess he's draft eligible for twenty, so he could be on the the U18 team. Yes. Coming up at the end of the season, that looks like a, a pretty good probability for him. Uh, so let's let's change uh, gears here, Chris, and let's do a little bit of your speciality, the mailbag questions. Ah, yes. You mean the one that's due Friday that I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to do it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. Ask me questions, people. Come on, let's go. What do you mean you're not yeah. awake? I'm, I'm ready for hockey. Oh, yeah. you guys. Yeah, once a month. Wow. What is that? The last Friday of the last of the month? Friday of every month. That's 
That's when Chris does fantasy hockey prospect mailbag questions. But if you can't wait till then to get your question in, we've got a few right here right now. Uh, so the first one, Chris, comes from Fantasy Hockey Trades at FNTSYHCKY Trades. That was awful. So Fantasy Hockey Trades asks us, with the immediate impact of Ilias Samsonov, do you see Shesterkin getting any significant time in New York this season? So I thought we could both take turns answering this. And uh, me being the host and you being the guest, I will default to you on first shot here. I love that. I love always taking the first shot here. I wish I could say yes to this. Unfortunately, I can't. And, and here's, here's the reason why. It's New York. Now, people will go, well, why are you saying it just because it, it, it's New York and et cetera and, 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 and such? I'm saying this simply because... I know I know the market well enough, and for as good as he as he is, and it seems like he's been like a prospect forever in a day. It's look, Sorkin is only twenty three. It feels like he's thirty because we've heard about him for so long. Um, but you right now, the only way that he does get significant time is if the Ranger season completely explodes on explodes or implodes on itself and they have no choice. Um, he's playing for obviously Hartford right now. They're not going, they do not want to rush this kid. They do not want to. Um, Rangers have had too many blunders in the past where they've rushed goalies and um, Dan Blackburn comes to mind really prominently for some reason, something about a displaced arm. Um, he might've like literally played his arm off, but you, you look at his numbers and his, his KHL numbers are ridiculous. Look, I know he played for Scott. I, I, I get that. Scott is just SKA St. Petersburg, which is a ridiculously good team with, with unbelievable talent and defense to boot. But if you produce a 953 save percentage anywhere and a 909 save percentage in high danger situations. I don't care what Lee you play in. That's going to translate at least a little bit. And I know in Mason Black's NHL E rankings, it translate translates pretty solid for, for him. And, you know, his, his playoffs even weren't great, but they were good enough to give you an indication of, hmm, okay, this guy's good. He's not just good, he's very good, and he deserves a spot. But the problem is you have, like I said, you have Georgiev there, and you have Lung- Lundquist, or the, as I like to call now, because the aging elephant in the room. <laughs> Any person that has gone through this, when you see a prospect that's kind of being blocked by the also ran prospect in Georgiev, who's not a bad goalie in his own right, but he's not—he's never going to be a starter for New York. And then you have the starter that's thirty-five plus. Let's see—we had this how many times with Broder in New Jersey, and wasn't even thirty-five yet. Um, but unfortunately, Lundqvist has aged to the point where you do have to legitimately ask the question: If you're never mind a Rangers fan, but a prospects fan, about. Shashark. 
And probably not this year, but next year, he battles for a starting spot probably with New York, unless they bring someone in because he has starter talent. And from the few, the I saw two starts this year, Peter, for him from from Hartford. And the first thing, within five minutes of each game, I, I, just immediate snap reaction was he's ready. He has he has the poise. He has this. He has the skill. Easily adaptable game to North America. It was like it was like he was on autopilot. There, there, he did not have a problem with different yeah. shooters, et cetera. Yeah, I'd like to take the contrary position just to make it good listening for for everyone know, who listens to this show. But I kind of can't really argue with it there. And I'll throw another layer on, and that's the Seattle expansion. If they mm-hmm. play him this season, then that would make him vulnerable yes. to yes. the expansion. And there is not a chance in hell they're going to allow that to happen. <laughs> like yeah, just, that's the just one no chance. And Lundqvist has the no move clause, so they have to yep. protect Lundqvist. Uh, so. No, it doesn't really seem to matter to me how well he plays in the AHL, and he's playing really well in the AHL. He's got a 134 goals against average and a 952 save percentage in the three games that he's played. That's lights out good. That's otherworldly good. Um, so I think clearly they've got some other great prospects in the system too. I really like Olaf Lindbaum and Adam Huska. Mm-hmm. I think yes, they do. Are- those are great prospects, and all three of them have the opportunity to have good NHL careers, if not starting goalies, especially Sistorkin. Um, I tell you, I'm not as super a big fan of Georgiev. I, I don't have as much confidence in him, despite the fact that he's in the NHL right now. I think he's basically, I see him as, as a placeholder for these other guys. Um, and the, he'll be exposed in the expansion draft, and if Seattle takes him, that's fine. It just opens up a roster spot for in the following season or, or Lindbaum. Uh, so as much as I want to take a contrary position to you here, Chris, I, I really can't. Um, so I think we're both in, in agreement here that while Samsonov has looked lights out good and fantastic, Shostorkin has also looked good, and I can see why you would jump to the conclusion that, well, it stands to reason they should bring him up and give him a chance. I don't think they will. Um, so the next question comes from Joel Howerschuk at JHAW. R-E-S-C-H-U-K. And Joel asks, when Kirill Kaprizov joins the NHL, what can we realistically expect from him? So I'll go first this time. And Kaprizov has recently uh, let it be known that his intention is to come to North America next season and uh, play in the NHL. Now, what can you realistically expect from him? Of course, the question, I guess, really that, that Joel wants to know is, is this guy going to come over and have like a, a Panarin-type impact, or is he going to come over and have a Chibishov-type impact? Is it going to be great? Is it going to be nothing? Or are we going to have like a, a Gusev? And we're kind of still not sure what we have on that file, to be totally honest. Um, so I've been on this podcast on the record for saying I'm a big fan of Kaprizov, I, or sorry, uh, Gusev, and I think he's going to have an immediate fantasy impact this season and New Jersey has really fell flat on their face out of the gate. So because it's a small sample size, I'm a little bit reluctant to change my, my mind on that. I still like Gusev. Uh, I think as long as he gets good deployment and if New Jersey changes their coach, 
that might be really beneficial for him. Um, but moving on to the question at hand, and that is Kaprizov. Uh, he has been just absolutely amazing uh, in the KHL. He's 22 years old. Uh, he's got all kinds of championships and medals and gold medals uh, for international play for Russia. And um, I, I've seen him play uh, a couple of times uh, at World Juniors and tournaments and, and on TV as well as live. And uh, he's legit. He's the real deal. Uh, because he's only 22, he might be a little bit of that sort of uh, adjustment period. And maybe that's what Gusev is going through, where you've got a culture change, um, time zone change, size of the ice change, which is significant. Um, but if I were owning Kaprizov or I had an opportunity to own Kaprizov and just put him on my prospect bench and hold on to him, I would jump all over that. And I would even probably play a pretty good price to acquire him and, and go with the risk that he turns out to be better than Panarin and nothing close to Shipishov. Hmm. That's my take, Chris. Where do you see this? Look, I, I've been following him for a few, few, few seasons and kind of wondered, well, when is he going to come over? And obviously that answer is next year. We're, we're going to find out quickly just what, what, what he is capable of. And from what I've seen in Russia, he's capable of a lot. Um, you know, 30, 30 goal scorer in the KHL is not an easy thing to do, especially with, a, with the two thirds of an NHL schedule, basically. Um, you know, he's on, on pace again this year, probably come close to 35, 40 goals. And could do it with CSKA just because of the, the, the offensive thrust that they have uh, this year as opposed to even last season. Now, the one slight concern is he's going into Minnesota. And not it's not the, don't worry, it's not a weather concern, people. Uh, it's more of the personnel. There's going to be a lot of change and flux with, with the Minnesota Wild. Obviously, Bill Guerin taking over the, this year. This year. Here is going to he's going to disturb the entire apple cart. It's very clear that um, Garen was brought in for a reason, especially if Plan A didn't work, which was the playoffs. Um, you have to expect that he's going to get a top six role. Whoever we don't we don't want to jump the gun and say that there's going to be a new coach in Minnesota next season, but the likelihood of that is increasing at least by the day. And unlike, say, in New Jersey, because we have to connect this a little bit to Gusev, um, deployment is not going to be an issue uh, with, with him. I, I, I like the way that, unlike Gusev, something to note, uh, Kaprizov has a nice low body center of gravity. I mean, he's about 5'9 and a half, 5'10". He's also darn near over 200 pounds. So he can hit a little bit, Peter. I've seen it in games over, over in the KHL. He has a little bit of a nasty streak. So I'm not worried as, as far as a transition with him, much as, as much as even uh, I was with a little bit with Gusev. Um, you know, Next right. year, this is a guy. This is a guy that could come right in and contribute forty to fifty points next season, without a problem. 
I was just going to ask you, what do you think? Um, so he's been a point per game player over in the KHL. So mm-hmm. assuming he comes over to uh, the NHL next season and plays a full 82 game schedule, what do you what do you take on the over under on his point projection at 60 points? Uh, I will take slightly under if he if he plays a full 82. That's still very good. Because I, I I think my projection had him at forty nine points at seventy games. So if I do if I do my really bad math, that's about fifty seven or fifty eight over an eighty two game schedule. Right. Well, I think there's your answer, Joel. We can realistically realistically expect pretty good things from him. Uh, okay, the third question comes from Bill Can, and he's at Bottlenecker ninety three. And Bill asks, uh, he says the Florida Panthers have a good cache of prospects. And he cites Borgstrom, Haponiemi, uh, Knight, Tippett, Denisenko, and Noel. Um, and those are all fantastic prospects. His question is, who among them has a standout NHL career? Um, I'll give you first shot at this one, too. Uh, I'm going to love this one because I, I guarantee I'm still going to be disagreed with this for, from here to eternity. It, 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 it is still Owen Tippett. I don't care if this, that, and whatever. Look guys like Noel are nice players. They're not top talent. They're, they're nice medium talent. They're, I like to call them medium. Tippett is a rugged son of a, yeah. I mean, there is no way around that. He is just a rugged guy and plays like it too. It doesn't hurt. Now, has his development been a little bit slow? Sure. It has. There's no question about it. And part of that is Florida, because if you see what Florida has done to its goaltenders, then you would understand. <laughs> I, I, I think Florida has a significant development problem. It, it's improving, but it's still there. And Tippett is, a, is exhibit A of, of, of that problem. And also is exhibit A of the improvement as well, because you see... In his in his in his short little few games in in, in Springfield at least, you, you see a, you see the talent it translates to the NHL. Um, and then I saw the playoffs last year for him in Saginaw, and that that just kind of it, it reaffirmed it, Peter, for me that like he's got it. Okay, it's it's there. I mean, he had eleven goals in seventeen games. I mean, he single handedly defeated teams. I know it's an OHL tournament. I get that, but. The bottom line is he was able to take over a game and play it on his terms. And he's already shown that in his few games with, with, with Springfield, uh, you know, the, the AHL. And that's an encur- very encouraging sign. I have not seen that with any other of these Florida prospects so far, except for maybe Hepo Niemi. And even he can only do that on the defensive side of the ice. So... That's the thing. I, I love Heponiemi, but it's like, oh, it, it, again, for me, this is still at least until he completely bust out. This is this is the tippet side. All right. I like that answer. I think these are all really great. Um, they are really great prospects. And if I owned any one of them in, in fantasy hockey, I'd be pretty happy about that. But Bill asked, who will have a standout NHL career? I think all of these guys will see NHL time for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them already have. And I think for my money, the guy that will have a standout career 
uh, is the goalie. I like Spencer Knight. Um, now, Florida went out and, and got themselves a goalie in the offseason and gave him a long, long-term contract, and that kind of complicates things. However, despite that, I still think that Spencer Knight will have a standard NHL career. It doesn't necessarily have to be with Florida. Uh, they might find themselves in a position where they use him as trade bait to acquire a need in another position and just kind of ride it out with Bob. Um, or Bob becomes expendable and, and Knight becomes their guy. Uh, it's a nice problem to have if you're Florida, uh, but I think Spencer Knight is the player out of all of their prospects that I think has the better uh, pedigree and opportunity to have a, a great NHL career. Uh, Tippett would probably be second on that list as well. Um, after that... Um, it gets a little squirrely after that. It really does because you have you have several guys that are kind of right around the same, you know, probability of success. Right. Yeah. I think I might just lean a little bit towards Borgstrom. Happen. Yeah. I mean, he's had a little bit of a, a slow start to his bit. HL career after a great season last year. Yes. Uh, Saron Noel. I really like him as a player. I'm just not sure how high his offensive ceiling is. Do I think he'll play in the NHL? Yeah, for sure. Um, but will he score, you know, more than 10 goals and 30 points in a season that remains to be seen. Yeah. He's a real, Noel is a real wild card because he could surprise everybody. And then he could just completely just bomb out offensively where he just does nothing. Right. And what is, what is it about Tippett? I like in his game that translates to NHL is he can absolutely rifle the puck. He's a sniper. If you ever saw one, um, the last time I looked goal scoring was, was welcome in the NHL, players that can score goals. Uh, and the kid's got wheels. He can flat out fly. Uh, like you said, he's he's got really big, broad shoulders. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Wendell Clark sometimes when he just barrels down the wing and just rips it. Um, he certainly can't fight like Wendell. No. Uh, not too many people could. If he could, that would just, that would be the tip of the, the iceberg. It'd just be amazing. Um, but he can skate and he can shoot. Uh, how engaged he is when he doesn't have the puck uh, is what might hold him back a little bit. Uh, if he can figure that out, and I think he made strides in that last season mm-hmm. um, after having a you know a, a preview in the NHL out of his draft and then kind of snubbed in his D plus one season by being sent back to junior right, a, right away for the entire season. Had a trade in, in junior, played a prominent role for Saginaw, like you said. Looked good doing it. A uh, little bit more exposure with Canada at the World Juniors. It was a really good development year for him. And not keeping him with Florida, I think, was uh, by far and away the best decision for his overall development. Um, I'll kind of backing up your points there. But I still like Knight a little bit more. Uh, I think he's going to... I saw enough of him playing with USA in the Mm -hmm. last season that I was like, yep, this kid's legit. He's for real. Uh, He's the best prospect to come along for a while. And he might be... uh, he might be trumped by uh, Askarov this draft. Um, So which is exciting for... People looking for goalies in the long term in their fantasy yes. hockey. There's there's two to target. Uh, so Knight's my guy. God, Ascroft's going to be fun to watch as he develops. The, 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 the trajectory of both of those goaltenders is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if, especially if Florida can do this right for once. Please, Florida, don't screw this up. Please, please do not Jack Campbell this kid. Um, <laughs> just, just don't. It, it's the one thing you don't, don't want to ever see as a player that 
just get completely pigeonholed like Jack Campbell did, unfortunately, where the development was so legendarily bad that people have written books on it. That's, that's when you, that's when you know something is bad in in, in this industry is somebody writes a book on it and it's just a complete slam job for 220 pages uh, of the entire book. Yeah. So Florida's get Florida for a while was almost getting to that level organization wise of, it being that bad, and Ottawa may not be far behind now at, the, at this rate. But you know, again, at least they got their draft pick this year. This is a good thing for them. And San Jose's. That all right, Chris. Plus. That's all I got for you, man. I'm going to wrap this little segment up. Um, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Follow Chris on Twitter uh, at Chris Wassel DFS. And find them on Dauber Prospects. Find them on Dauber Hockey, uh, NHL trade rumors. Pretty much anyone that publishes hockey articles, Chris writes for them. I think if if that's not too much of a stretch. Um, but you give him a check out. He's uh, he writes great stuff. He knows his he knows his fantasy hockey content. You got a podcast too, don't you? Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, Pump your podcast, Fantasy Hockey X, on. Uh, uh... Starting hopefully next Friday. Look, we had a little we had a little bit of a thing that happened um, in 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 the, in the personal world uh, for for me uh, earlier in the month. So, you know, it's been it's been a little bit of a struggle getting everything fully back. So, you know, for, forgive us for not being on for a few weeks, but we will be back on uh, next Friday uh, with our with our usual fantasy hockey um, DFS and season long banter uh, with the occasional little bit of prospect talk mixed in because we it always winds up rowing towards that anyway where can we where can we find that podcast what oh, itunes excellent question you can find that sucker on itunes because we finally fixed the problem that kept it from being on itunes for like months and that's because yours truly decided that we put the same xml page code on the site and it kept bouncing to the other Part of fantasy hockey X from the previous seasons and not the new seasons. So yes, sometimes we're not so quite good at this technology thing and need need lessons like everyone else. Where's the any key? You All know, right. I'm telling you. <laughs> True. All right. Well, give that show a listen. Give it a subscribe. Hit the five star like button. And uh, while you're throwing out five star reviews, go ahead and give the show one too. Chris, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for coming on, man. We'll see you in the rink, eh? Thank you. I will see you there. Cheers.